This episode of the Hatmakers podcast is brought to you by Hatblocks Australia, makers of fine timber hat blocks and hat making tools. My, what a peculiar place to have a party. Welcome to the Tea Party, the Hatmakers podcast where we connect with hatters from around the world. Talk hats and hat making to build the community and share tips and tricks to take your hat making to the next level. So sit back, pour yourself a brew, and settle in because here comes the show. This episode of the Hatmakers podcast, we're chatting with Canadian hatmaker Jackson Howell. A woodworker and photographer by trade, Jackson found hatmaking over four years ago and has since transitioned from his previous businesses into becoming a full-time hatter. Based in Vancouver, Canada, Jackson has built his business through word of mouth by producing high-quality custom-made hats with exceptional attention to detail. With his background in furniture making, Jackson has also recently expanded into producing hat blocks for his fellow hatters. I had a great time getting to know Jackson, and you will too, on this episode of the Hat so, Makers Podcast. Yeah, that was uh, that was the beginnings of it. Was starting this as a uh, as a hobby. Um, I had so I'm uh, I come from a woodworking background. So I was 15, 15 years as a uh, cabinet and furniture maker. Oh, wow. Um, and I had been looking for something different to do uh, for a while. Uh, I was just creatively burnt out with uh, with the woodworking business. Uh, it got to a point where I wasn't really being creative. I was just running a business. I had a team of five guys and uh, doing a lot of commercial work. And, and so for me, it was, you know, needed to get back to firing my creative side um photography had always been that other creative passion of mine but i mean it's a flooded industry literally everyone with a phone in their hand is a photographer these days so um i i just you know i still love it i still love doing photography but it's not something i i'm interested in pursuing as um I guess like a, a career. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So when I started doing hats, it was again, like I said, I just needed to do something with my hands and, um, and then, you know, you tell friends, it's like, Oh, Hey, I started making hats for myself and Oh, I want one, make me one. And, and then it just grew from there. You know, it was like one friend, then another friend, then another friend, then somebody seeing the hat and being like, Oh, that's cool. Where did you get it? And, um, and then, yeah, it just kept going and going and going. And, and then it got to a point about, I'd say about a year in where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm busy enough with hat making that I can transition out of woodworking. And, you know, so I ended up, uh, I ended up closing down my, my woodworking business. Um, and that was a lot to do with COVID as well you know, just business slowed down. I had two of my, two of my employees, uh, had left. One was like, I'm going to go wait, wait this out on the sunshine coast, which is like just off, uh, just off the coast of BC here. 
And, you know, I mean, it's like three years later, three and a half, four years later, and he's still there. Uh, and then one of my other guys had just moved on to another company. And then my main guy um, got to a point where he was like, I, I need to just do something different. Like he wanted to just, you know, like kind of get away from the whole pandemic and decided to leave and go to Mexico for a few months. And that was my, that was my cue to be like, okay, this is, this is perfect timing to just like shut things down. And and so I put the woodworking business to rest and jumped full time into hat making. Right. Yeah. How, how was that transition? Was it a little bit scary to leave something behind that you'd built up over so long? Oh, absolutely. Something new? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, 15 years into that uh, career, I, I guess, uh, you know, where I'm like, I always, I, I, I always had a way to make money doing that. Like I always had, you know, I'd like so much repeat business from, from clients and, you know, I'd get big contracts. I think like the biggest contract I had at one point was like $400,000 contract to do, you know, this huge office, um, space. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It kind of got, got to a point where it was just like soul sucking work. And, you know, I just like, I just didn't enjoy it anymore. Like I'd go to work every day and just be like, you know, like no excitement to be there. And like, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean like moving into, moving into an arena where, a, you know, cause I'm self-taught with, with hat making, like nobody taught me how to do this, uh, because I picked it up right at the beginning of the pandemic, there were no courses that I could go take. Uh, I didn't, I didn't really know anything about the industry. And so I didn't, I didn't even really think like, oh, I should just like reach out to another hat maker and see if I can apprentice under them. Uh, that was, you know, not really something I had, I had thought about. I, I, you know, combed through YouTube to see what I could pick up at the time. There wasn't really a lot uh, in the manner of teaching hat making. So I would just like watch other like videos of hat makers. And I was able, I think because of coming from a handcrafting background, I was able to just like pick things up. You know, I'm like, oh, that's how that's done. That's how that's done. And, you know, and then, of course, you know, having a couple of hats, I was able to somewhat like reverse engineer how they were made. So, um, so yeah, it was, I mean, like talk about trial and error. (laughs) (laughs) That was was the epitome of trial and error. Um, My beginnings for sure. Like, um, I definitely... I mean, my craft, like quality, everything has like come leaps and bounds since, uh, since the beginning. So, but, um, but it's, it's been good. I have had, I have had a couple of hat makers that have given me tips along the way, Mm -hmm. which is, which is great. Um, and that, you know, like, um, I had one hat maker who was, I won't say his name because he was like, don't ever tell anybody I told you this, but like taught me how to properly uh, bell a sweatband. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because I I would send him pictures and be like, oh, what do you, I just finished this up. What do you think? And that was one thing that he noticed right away was 
the sweatband and he's like, okay, don't, don't tell anybody I told you this, but here's how you do it. <laughs> here's the secret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it makes all the difference. Hey, it's so subtle, but it, it makes a huge oh, difference. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, that's, that's this industry though. You know, it's like, everybody's just like, no, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. Yeah. Which I'm like, I don't know. I guess like being in the, in the furniture industry, like I had a lot of friends that were furniture makers here in Vancouver and we would literally just like pop into each other's shops and, and be like, Oh, Hey, what are you working on right now? And like, Oh, that's cool. Like, Hey, how did you get that detail or, or how do you do this? You know, and everybody was very very much like oh yeah here i'll i'll show you how to do this i'll i'll tell you how to do this like very open community which i really like um i have like now in the past couple of years uh met more hat makers that are uh more f- open to sharing sharing tips and tricks um like jay and ryan at kudatat you know, yeah. anytime I'm in Toronto, like I was out there a couple of years ago and I just emailed them and said, oh, hey, I'm a hat maker from Vancouver. I'd love to come check out your shop. And they were like, yeah, come on by. And they're like super nice, like and and, you know, gave me a tour of their shop. And and Jay's just like, oh, you know, like he asked me questions like, oh, how do you do this? Like here, you should try this. You should try that. Here's a place to get this. And, you know, I was like, wow, I can't, you know, I was like blown away at how how you know, just open they were, which was amazing. I love that, you know? And uh, same with uh, Braden at Patterson Hat Co. Him and I have been, like, him and I have, like, talked numerous times over the past year or so. And then uh, I just met him a few weeks. Actually, the day day before our dog got injured, uh, I stopped in and saw him at his, uh, his shop out on the island and uh, is he close great. to you? Is he close to, to where you're at? Yeah. So there's uh, the mainland and then he's on Vancouver Island, which is right. about an hour and a half ferry ride. Okay. And he's like, you get off the ferry and he's five minutes from, from there. So yeah. Um, yeah, just like timing, timing worked out with our trip that I was able to stop in and spend some time with him, which was was really great uh, you know same thing like super nice guy and um we like kind of like trade tips and stuff back and forth which is cool yeah um, that's the canadian yeah. that's the canadian uh, spirit isn't it you guys are <laughs> yeah. pretty cool and laid back super friendly and generous yeah i mean especially on the west coast um but yeah maybe maybe that's a cultural thing like maybe it is a canadian thing that we just like you know we're super friendly and, and uh I'd like to share. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's nice. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been great. And then I feel like I like I've had a few hat makers ask me questions and I I feel like I've been fairly good at at you know, giving whatever wisdom I can get give. Again, you know, like I I feel like even even 4 years into this, I would still love to go and apprentice with a master hat yeah. maker because I know that there's things that that I could learn either that I don't know or or that I could at least learn how to do better like like improve my my craft absolutely yeah 
Yeah, just from chatting to like different people on the podcast, you, there's so many different ways that people go about things. And then if you can yeah. just grab a little bit from everyone, you can. It's amazing what small little techniques can do to your work, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I thought I've picked up a lot actually listening to the podcast. Um, there, awesome. were, there were a number of things that, uh, that I picked up. It was funny, like even something with um, just the little jig on my ASM, like my sweatband machine yeah. that uh, John from This Is Folklore had said. And I was just like, oh, that's why yeah. I've been having this <laughs> issue. And yeah, so yeah so so yeah it's been it's been great i'm glad that you that you did this it's like bringing bringing this community together yeah man it's such a joy it's um it's amazing to like connect with all these people that you look at and see on instagram and um you know you kind of want to have these conversations but it's like i don't know do you just pick up the phone and call or, or what so this is kind of a good excuse to, to yeah. make those connections you know yeah um, so how about you introduce yourself and uh, tell us who you are, where you're from, yeah. and also how did you get attracted and uh, started in hat making? Uh, okay, so I'm Jackson Howell. Uh, I live in Vancouver, British Columbia in, on the west coast of Canada. Um, I, I mean, I've worn hats since I was a kid. Uh, not necessarily li like this style of hat, but like always something on my head, whether it was uh, baseball cap or a beanie or a flat cap, you know, something like, uh, something of that sort, like literally my whole life. Uh, and then back in, when was it? I think it was 2019, 2018 or 2019. Um, or actually I'll go back, sorry, a little bit further than that. 2015, uh, I had a guy, uh, come start working with me at my wood shop and he showed up wearing this like super cool hat and i was like oh man that that's so cool and then literally every day for like 10 days he wore a different one and i'm like where did you get these hats and he uh so he he was in la or lived in la for a little bit at one point and he was at a house party and wearing a hat and somebody was just like, oh, that's a cool hat, man. You should meet my buddy, Nick. He just started making hats. And so he got introduced to uh, Nick Fouquet. And so he ended up like making a bunch of hats or having Nick make him a bunch of hats. And so that was, that was kind of my introduction into it was him coming to the shop every day wearing a different hat. And I would try them on and he was like, I think two, two sizes bigger than me. So I'd put these hats on and they just like, they, you know, like fall down and just like, they were, he also likes a really nice wide brim. And I'm like, I, I'm like, this is way too much hat for me. And then over time, I still just like grew such an appreciation for them. And I'm like, okay, it's time for me to, you know, pull the trigger and, and get one. And at the time, I think they were, I think they were like maybe six, $700 at the time. And, and, you know, like back then I was just like, what? That's insane. Who would pay $600 for that? And, uh, and then, so I sort of like dragged my feet on it for a little while. And then, yeah, I think it was like 
20, yeah, it was like 2018 or 2019, something like that, where I was just like, okay, I'm like, I'm going to pull the trigger on this. And, and I'm like, but I wanted to do it in person. And, and so it was, you know, just figuring out a time to go down to LA. Uh, and it just like timing just didn't work out. And, and anyways, we were in Europe on a trip and I, uh, saw that Nick was in Paris for, I think he was there for fashion week or something like that. And so I just DM'd him, you know, to just to see, uh, uh, and I was just like, Hey, I'm like, I'm going to be in Paris on Friday. Will you still be around? Would love to get a hat made. And he messaged me back and he's like, yeah, come by the showroom. And so, uh, my, my wife and I, or, I mean, girlfriend, she was, anyways, my wife and I went by and, uh, and, you know, went for a fitting. He was like super friendly and, and, uh, and she's like, oh, I'm going to buy you this for your, for your birthday present. And I was like, okay. And then it was like, price was no longer $600. It was like $1,300. And I was just like, okay. And then, so, uh, so she, uh, she, she, she's like, oh, I'm going to do this as your birthday present. And, and then while we were there, or on the way there, I was like, are you going to get one too? And she's like, no, no, I'm good. And then of course, while we were there and I'm getting my fitting done and everything, she's just like, well, I want one now. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll get you one for your birthday because her birthday is like two weeks after mine. So, so anyways, we both got hats and, uh, and yeah, I just like kind of like fell in love with the style and, and that. And, and then over time after that, you know, of course I wanted more, but I was just like, ah, I can't, I can't really justify spending, you know, 13, and this is 1300 us. So, right. you know, you're talking like two Canadian, grand Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> but by, by the time you got it shipped, it's like two grand Canadian. I'm like, Oh, and so, uh, and so I was like, that was where I was like, well, I wonder how, how, how hard it would be to actually just make one. Yeah. Sure. It can't be that hard. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I have a, I have a buddy in, in New York that's a hat maker as well. And, and he was up here for a friend's bachelor party. And so I was like chatting with him about it a bit. And, and so he was giving me, you know, kind of a few tips and insights and, uh, and then, yeah, I just like started buying up, you know, bought a few felts and bought like a steamer and an iron and a, a few things. And she, you know, kind of just like went at it. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the first hat I ever made, uh, the first hat I ever made, I actually gave to a buddy of mine and he still wears it. Like it was a, a friend of mine from here. And then he moved to Tokyo a few years ago and it's, it's red and it's kind of like, it's like a dress weight. And you know, I'm, I'm like, I, I can't even tell you what the crown shape is. I kind of just, you know, I was just like messing around with it. Anyways, it's kind of like, uh, you know asymmetric it's like it's kind of like offside it's not like on, on purpose near. or by accident <laughs> no just because i didn't know what i was doing yeah um but yeah he still wears it he's like oh i get compliments on it all the time and you know so you need to get that one back yeah no kidding <laughs> yeah, yeah next next time he's in town i'll be like uh, bring that one back and i'll make you a new one yeah <laughs> um but yeah so that was that was kind of it and then i'm I think it had been, it was, I had made hats for other people before I even made a hat for myself. This is actually the first hat I ever right. made for myself. All right. Yeah. And I've, 
I've reshaped this one once or twice, but for the most part, I'm pretty happy with the way it turned out. It's also Western weight. And, and I, when I had started out, I didn't know that there was a difference between dress weight and Western weight. I would just, you know, get whatever felts I could get my hands on. And, uh, and then I'd be like, Oh, how do you get these things stiffer? And, and, um, I think it was, I was looking for sweatbands, like specific sweatbands and got on the Fedora lounge Yes. and asked somebody on there, like, Hey, does anyone know where to get these sweatbands? And, and they'd put me on to uh, Tim at Pure Beaver. Um, and, uh, and then Tim was, was, you know, able to like help me out with, you know, I'd ask him like, Oh, how can I stiffen my felts? And he's like, Oh, just get Western weight felts. And I'm like, Oh, so Tim actually like gave me a lot of great information in the beginning and helped me out a lot in the beginning. Um, and so, yeah, I just like, I, you know, obviously like bought felts from him, bought sweatbands from him and, and that, um, he's the distributor for FEPSA over there. He is, yeah. He's, he's, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, which I used, I used FEPSA for a while. They're really nice felts, but I mean, the prices are like, I can't, I'm like, how do you make money off of this? Like, especially when, you know, it's like paying USD and then shipping Mm -hmm. and customs fees and, and, Currency conversion. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is nuts. Jack crosses up quite a bit, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I've been on the waiting list at FEPSA for it's like two years, almost two years now. Yeah, yeah. I think so. they're sorting something out. It looks like they've got a new website that you can buy directly from coming this week. I yeah, think. yeah. I think it was supposed so, to launch today, actually. But yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They <laughs> technical difficulties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, fingers yeah. crossed. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they, what they have to offer, um, uh, to see if it's like it, along the lines of, of what a lot of hat makers are using. Yeah. So yeah. Looking forward to that. They're so like, they're beautiful felts, like really, really nice. Um, but I've been mostly using Winchester. Yep. Um, which are also like super nice. Uh, like they're just like, they block so nicely and they finish so nicely. Yeah. Um, they, they hold like, they hold a stiffness really nice as well, which I really like. How have um, you been going with supply from them? Um, it's been pretty good the past few months. I've been able to get, uh, um, pretty good chunk of felts. So mm-hmm. I have, I have like, I mean, I've had an order sitting waiting to clear customs for like two weeks. Um, <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't know what's going on there, but, um, so I'll have like 50 felts. So yep. that'll keep me going oh, for a good. while. Yeah. Um, and then now I'm just like starting to stock as much as I can, you know, it's like, I'm starting to stock straw hat or straw bodies for next year. And, and then whatever I can get my hands on from Winchester. And then when FEPSA opens up, whatever I can get there. Like yeah. I buy from Millinery Warehouse as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly I get rabbit from them when I have uh, clients that, that you know, want that kind of like more entry level price point. Yeah. Um, so I'll get my rabbit felts from them. And, uh, 
once in a while get beaver they seem to like they'll get beaver in and sell out immediately yeah. on it so um yeah it but, seems like they're stocking up uh and having more regular supply which is good yeah it seems like everybody is actually um even have you used um sunrise yeah I like the, uh, Willy, Willy belts. yeah yeah i love them they're beautiful yeah like he's got he's got probably like my favorite color palette Mm -hmm. of of felts um and yeah they like they block really nice and and same thing we barely even have to pounce them yeah you don't have like, to do too much to those yeah yeah they're really nice um so yeah but i mean i guess like they're starting to get better as well because they had their challenges for a while like where they'd get stock in and then they'd be sold out for like six months yeah yeah <laughs> so so um, tell us a little bit about that fitting that you did with Nick. What was that um, process like? Yeah, I mean, so he had he had his collection that he was showing for uh, for Paris Fashion Week. Mm -hmm. um, so you like went in. He had all the hats on. They weren't like mannequins, but you know, kind of stands, and so you'd go through and just uh you know kind of like look and see what what grabbed your attention for style mm -hmm. uh and then uh he would he would like pick a couple different hats and put them on you as well to be like yeah i think that you know it's like this suits your face shape um you know uh and then and then you know go through the usual of like here's the here's the choice of colors uh and then go through design um and then he did uh fitting obviously like with a uh conformer um yeah and just you know kind of go through all the all the bits and bobs with you and you know like personal details that you wanted to add to the hat and and that so i ended up uh <laughs> this is actually a, this is the hat i got from him all right yeah it's like, like, it's a beautiful hat. Like, I love it. I don't really wear it that much anymore, obviously, because I'm wearing my own hats, but it's, you know, I mean, it's still a beautiful piece. Like, uh, sometimes I just wear it when I'm making hats. Yeah. <laughs> just, to, you know, because I'm like, I got to put this thing to use. Just um, channel the vibes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah mm. I, uh, I don't, I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like now. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, this was like coming up on five years ago that, yeah. that I had got my hat from him. Um, I know, I mean, it seems like his business has like grown quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and, he, you know, I mean, he's got a big team of people and, and, you know, it's a, and he's doing clothes now. Like it's not, he doesn't even just yeah. do, just do hats anymore. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like uh, overall, like it was a good experience. Like I said, he was like super friendly guy, like pretty chill and down to earth. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah. probably helped that we had a mutual friend as well. Okay. That you know, like maybe that's why it was. I, I don't know, but you know, I was I was pretty happy with the experience. And I mean, you know, like I, I haven't like seen any of his hats in person in a while other than my own but um for the ones that i have seen like he makes a nice hat like yeah you know like he he was kind of like i guess like a pioneer in this this uh 
this sort of movement of this style of hat. Yeah. Um, so, you know, got to give them, give them props for that. I know there were other people uh, involved as well when, when he had his beginnings. Uh, so, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, of course you hear stories. I don't, Everyone like, loves the backstory, don't they? Like yeah. all the dark and dirty stuff. But yeah, I think yeah, he's, exactly. he's done pretty well and uh, definitely been uh, a shining example of like what's possible. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And did you ever reach out to him for any uh, hat making tips? No. no. No, I I don't know why I didn't. I, I think I, I don't know. I think I don't know. I don't know why I, I I didn't reach out to him, but yeah, I don't know. I think it yeah. was probably because you know it had only I'd only got my hat from him like maybe a year a year before I started going down the road, so I didn't want it to yeah, seem yeah. like oh hey, thanks <laughs> for the hat you made me. I'm gonna make yeah. hats now, you know. Like it wasn't like that, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I also just had the like, uh, I didn't, you know, because you keep hearing like, oh, it's such a secretive industry. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, even videos I've seen of his on, on YouTube, he says that in like almost all his videos, he's just like, yeah, it's a secret trade. And, you know, nobody wants, you know, nobody's going to share their tips and tricks. It's like, yeah. Uh, this is so like a little like, warning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, like the whole, you know, whole matchstick deal with the yeah, Peter yeah, Hornscott. Yeah. Which was, you know, I mean, like, cause I remember, because I remember seeing a video of his on YouTube mm -hmm. from back in the day and, and, him given the whole backstory of how his grandfather had like collected these matchbooks all his life. And, and it was like this beautiful story of how he passed them on to him. And, and I'm like, Oh, that's such a beautiful tribute. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, you're not using these anymore. Yeah. And then, and then I heard about what happened. I'm like, Oh, that's really a shame. But you know, yeah. but you don't really want to copy someone. Not that he's, Peter does anything like uh, Nick, but that little trademark, no. it, it kind of does seem like Nick's and you don't really want to do that. I think oh, it's cool no, to stick something different in. Like you, you've got like a cool little thing that you put in the side, which is your yeah. trademark. Yeah, like I have, I have these like these little like nails that I mm -hmm. put in, and and I mean that's kind of like I mean the significance for that for me is it was um, it's 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 like a, a, a reinvention, rebuilding, and mm -hmm. um, and that was what I was doing, like going from woodworking to, to hat making was reinventing myself, which I've done numerous times. I mean, like I was, I mean, I've been, th I've been through a lot, man. So I, <laughs> when I was first out of, out of high school, I was insulating attics, which was a horrible job. Wow. Um, briefly worked for an electronics, uh, like Best Buy. I don't know if you guys have uh -huh. Best Buy there, but like I briefly worked there. And then I was a, a letter carrier for Canada Post. All and right. then I was a flight attendant for like six years. And then I got into woodworking. And How, uh, how old are you? I'm 46. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I've, yeah, I've had a lot of, 
I've had a had a few reinventions in my life and and so this was like a you know symbolizing reinvention for me um and you know and also like a little bit of an ode to my woodworking career as well with the with the nail um and so yeah i just like i i remember sticking one in a hat like i just got a hat that i stripped down and and sort of like re um rejigged and and that and sticking a nail in there and i was like oh this is like you know whatever looks kind of cool and and then yeah. uh and then this was like a reiteration when I started making hats of, uh, of that. And yeah, it kind of just stuck. Um, Did you trademark it? That's the important question. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually talking to a trademark yeah. lawyer right now. <laughs> I thought about, I thought about that. Like, you know, I mean, it, again, it's like one of those things that I was just like, I never really thought about it. And then the more you see, you know, like new hat mm-hmm. makers popping up on Instagram and, and I think I've, yeah, like I, I feel like I've been doing it long enough and, and it's always been something I've showcased right from the beginning. But, uh, yeah, this year I was just like, I really should, you know, trademark it so that it doesn't get, you know, yeah. stolen by, by somebody else. Like, I mean, I just had, uh, like two weeks ago, a, another hat maker and a very prominent hat maker, like uh-huh. fully ripped off a crown design that I think I came up with. I could be, uh-huh. you know, maybe I'm what? wrong. And it wasn't and, a skull in the crown, was it? Oh God. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. It, it's funny. The more, the more I see these, these skull crowns, it reminds mm-hmm. me of like from furniture making are like i don't know do you know what river tables are no oh uh, yeah with the resin with the resin yeah, yeah, yeah so that yeah. was that was because it was so trendy and whatever in, in the furniture industry and i was just like i never liked it i was just like yeah. uh, so me i'm like you know all <laughs> all the best to the guys that, that love the skull crowns but i'm just like to me i'm like the skull crowns like a river table to me it's just yeah. like i'm like it's cool it's trendy but i'm like I'm not gonna it's done uh, I'm, it's been done yeah so yeah so I I like I mean this this sort of style of crown uh, yep mm-hmm. is what I've been doing for for you know basically from the beginning yeah and so I've just seen I've seen I have seen iterations out there with like people doing like a cross yeah like mine's not a cross it's more of a star but Anyways, I just seen that recently. Somebody like uh-huh. full on did that, and I was just like, oh. and I was, and I mean, like, what do you say? You know, I mean, like, it's it's the fashion yeah. industry. I mean, like, that's a thing. It's like, like I have a friend that that's a fashion designer, and she like a big fashion house ripped off her entire um, her entire line one year, and Jeez. she's just like what can I do? Like, I, you know, it's like going up against a, you yeah. know, multi-billion dollar company. Like, yeah. Get your shady lawyer and go up against their like team of yeah. know, litigators. Like, yeah, no chance. What do you Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I just look at it. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like hat making is because it's such an old trade. Mm-hmm. There really isn't much, if anything, that's new. 
you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like somebody's done this before, you know, it's, I mean, same thing with Nick. Nick's not the first person to put a matchstick in his hat, you yeah. know, like he's just the first person to make it, um, well, I mean, his trademark, you yeah. know, like, and that, that's like, he's kind of built this whole story around, around the matchstick and, and the meaning of it, you know, in, in his brand, but that's it. Like people see a matchstick in a hat and they're like, Oh, that's a Nick Fouquet hat. You know, yeah. which is great, which I look at and I'm like, hopefully, you know, it's like people, it's the same thing with my hats where, you know, they see it and they're like, oh, there's that like slim nail. Like that's a Jackson I that Hall nail. hat. I want that nail. I need the yeah. nail in my hat. Yeah. And I'll and get think, someone else to make it and I'll ask them to put a nail in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ever get asked for a matchstick? No, 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 no. I've never, never been asked for that. I, I'll stick matchbooks in there, mm. you know, like a whole matchbook, but. Um, even that I try not to do too often because, you know, same thing, like there's just other hat makers out there that that seems to be their thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it is tough. Like it's tough to, to keep things like uniquely yours. Yeah. You know, like, so all those little subtle details. What, yeah. what do you, how do you see like, um, like the hat making industry, like with all this handmade custom hat making industry at the moment where it seems like there's a lot of new hatters and everyone's kind yeah. of doing a similar type of thing. Like, do you think it's something that will last or do you think it um, will change over time? Uh, what, what's your thoughts on the, on the future of it? I feel like, I, I mean, it's trends only last for so long. So like, I'm starting to lean more towards traditional hats, like more, you know, I mean, same thing like I've seen you doing lately. Um, just, I don't know, just like a nice, simple, clean hat um, that still looks really beautiful and maybe has a bit of a, more of a unique shape to it mm -hmm. than it does, you know, like, you know, it's like distressing hats. I like the look of the distress hats. I think they're really cool. I think there's some people out there that are doing such a, an amazing job with the distressing that, mm -hmm. you know, like I look at them, I'm like, I can't even fathom how you got to that point with the hat to make it look that like that, like that cool. Yeah. Like, like, um, like John, uh, this is folklore. Like I love, I love, uh, what he does. Um, Paul, uh, is adventurous. Adventurous. Yeah. Yeah. From the UK. Like his stuff is like super cool. You know, I mean, it's not like, I don't, I don't go to that level with distressing hats, but mm -hmm. like, I look at his stuff and I'm like, that's awesome. Like, it looks yeah. like somebody has been wearing that in a coal mine for 30 years, you know, like, like it's a really cool look. Um, again, like, I don't know how long that, that like trend will last, mm -hmm. but you know, when you look at a nice, just like clean, beautiful hat, like. Um, like a Borsellino hat, you know, that's been around for a hundred plus years, yeah. you know, like that's what I look at. And I'm like, you know, that I think is what's probably going to be the, the longer lasting um, uh, thing in the, in the hat industry. And then obviously like Western style hats, like cowboy hats are huge right now. And yeah. uh, you know, they've always been a big thing in the States and then also like parts of Canada, like in Alberta, Alberta is basically like the Texas of, of Canada or, you know, so yeah. like that's where 
a majority of like the cattle industry and, and just like cowboying and, and that is uh, in Alberta. So cowboy hats are, are big there. Um, you know, and then of course like Yellowstone just like yeah. <laughs> had everybody want. Um, so what you need every year hat. is like a, a new series with people wearing hats all the time. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, even like, <laughs> like, uh, what do you call it? Like flat caps, you know, when Peaky Blinders was on, yeah. like that kind of like had this like resurgence as well. So, but I mean, everything goes in cycles, you know, it's like, like everything, a lot of what I see people wearing right now is like what I wore in high school. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, like big oversized kind of like baggier clothes and that like, nice it's just stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's like everything just goes through these cycles. Right. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I, I like to, I like to think that my, my style is, and, and, you know, whether hats are just like me personally is like timeless. I try to keep my, my, my style timeless so that I'm not, I, I don't, I'm like a, I'm very against like fast fashion, you know, I'm like, yeah. if you're going to buy something, it's like spend the money, buy something quality that lasts, you know, like I always, I love like my friend's brand. Um, uh, they, they're the same thing, you know, uh, where they just like make really quality pieces and it's like fewer, better things is kind of mm -hmm. like their tagline. And I'm like, I really like that, you know, like, so I try my best to not like get too into trends and yeah. just like have, have items in my wardrobe that, you know, I, I can wear for years and years and that'll just never go out of style just cause they're like classic pieces. So, and that's what I want with my hats is to have pieces that, you know, are, are lifetime pieces, legacy yeah. pieces that you'd, you know, it's like pass on to your children be great to find the balance between uh, making those legacy pieces and selling like fast fashion. I, well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you're like, you make a hat for somebody and, and think like, Oh, I wonder if they'll come back for another one. And it's like, well, I made them this really great quality piece that they won't have yeah. to replace for 40 years. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have, I have one, friend client friend and client of mine who's got 14 of my hats yeah you know i'm like i don't even i have like three yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, i need to get on making myself some more hats um what kind of hat do you like to make for yourself size um shape? i mean i wear i wear this one the most mm -hmm. so it's i think this is a three inch brim you know, pencil curled edge. It's got that sort of like star diamond shaped top to it. Yep. Um, and then I have two others that are similar, like similar kind of look just with like a teardrop crown. Um, I, I think the next hat I'm going to make myself is either going to be a flat top or a telescope crown. And maybe a little bit wider just to try something different. Um, but then I'm starting to get into more kind of like similar to the style you're wearing with more of a cupped brim. Mm -hmm. um, that's like before, before I got my hat from Nick, that was the style. 
that I wore right. from um, Goran Brothers. I don't know if you guys have yep. Goran Brothers down there yet. So we don't, but I think Jay and Willie have both worked. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Jay. Yeah, Jay used to work at Goran Bros. So that was where I bought my hats prior to, um, to my friend coming coming to work for me that had all his hats from Nick. So, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What what height crown do you like? Um, I'm like four and a quarter, four and a half. Yep. Yeah. 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 I like the what? What head size are you? I'm uh, 56. I got a small head. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Uh, 59. 59. Yeah. 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 That's like my wife. My wife's 59, actually. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. got a lot of hair, though. But yeah, it makes a difference of a bit of yeah. hair. How do you find that? Because you cut all your hair off recently. <clears throat> I struggled trying to find a hat to to suit afterwards. Yeah. yeah. But now that I got this flange, it's. Uh, I feel like that's. That's my new style for the yeah, moment. Till the hair look. grows back. Yeah. Yeah. Are you planning? Are you planning to grow it back? Yeah. Better. Yeah. 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 It's it was good for a change. I needed to needed a change. Shed the skin, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, start again. Nice. Yeah. Did you donate it? Nah, just to the floor. Just... Oh, well, just to the floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have a friend that did that. Grew his hair like super long, and then like buzzed his head but he, he ended up donating it so all right yeah that's cool yeah 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 make some nice wigs for some hairless people yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so when you learn to make hats you basically just gleaned all the information you could from uh, videos and yeah things like that on instagram and like what were some of the, the bigger things that you had to find out like or that you found out along the way that that changed and upgraded the your techniques uh i mean definitely the the uh like the belling with the sweatband that was a that was a big thing um pouncing which i feel like even now like uh, my technique is i feel like my technique is is getting better but I think that that's still something that that I would love for like a master hatter to to teach me and I know a lot of it is just about touch and feel and and knowing, you know. Um I've had I've had like too many times and maybe it was just like a bad felt or something where uh you get like the shellac like mm-hmm. coming through and then, you know, unless you're doing a distressed uh hat then you know i mean you're basically throwing that away yeah um because it's i find it like i've i've tried so many different techniques and i find it almost impossible especially on a lighter colored hat like pastels to get rid of that yeah um have you ever tried to spray alcohol on it and then iron it out yeah 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 i've tried i've tried that um uh, I've tried steam and like a, a more aggressive brush. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just tried that the other day. Uh, Drew at Millinery Warehouse had, had suggested trying that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've got one right now. Actually, this kind of like light blue hat that I'm working on that. Uh-huh. It's like just along the edge of the brim. There's like a uh-huh. patch of it. And I'm like, ah, I'm like, 
So I'm like, I'm going to try a couple other things to see, but then I'm like, uh, I might just have to yeah, just have, to, have to do it. Yeah. Well, it's even wider. <laughs> it's too wide for even hiding it with binding. Oh, so, my. I mean, it's not a hat. It's not, you know, it's like, I'll repurpose the felt. I'm not yeah. just going to toss it in the bin, but, um, but yeah, you know, it's like, I might end up having to just, you know, start eat, over, eat, eat the, eat the cost of the felt and, and start over with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, like other than that, um, you know, like in the beginning, it's like, I didn't, I didn't know, like I, the first like few hot blocks that I bought, I was just like, Oh, I'm a size 56. So I bought a 56, not knowing that you had to size up, you know, for, yeah. you know, and then it's like putting the hat on and being like, why is this so tight? And then like getting in there with a stretcher and trying to stretch it out. And then you end up like misshaping, you know, like, like misshaping the hat. And I'm like, I just didn't know that, you know, that was a thing is that, Oh, you have to step it up a size, um, in order to, uh, to get your proper size once you put your sweatband in. Um, but yeah, I mean that I remember like for probably a year I had, I made my own brim cutter, you know, like in the yeah. beginning, um, and use that for, yeah, I used that for about a year and it worked pretty good. And then I, and then I ended up buying one, um, from, uh, uh, Mark Deku, Deku oh, Studios. Yeah, yeah. Off Etsy. He makes some beautiful things, doesn't he? Oh yeah, I mean, like I probably spent twelve hundred dollars on this thing, you know. Um, but what a difference it made, you know. Just like super clean cutting and that, yeah. So yeah, I was working with my own little uh, handmade brim cutter for quite a few years. Oh yeah, and and then when I got a, pro a proper one, it was like, whoa, this, uh, this is what have I been doing for so long? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I know, like, yeah. I have a a friend of mine that he cut all his brims with scissors in the wow. beginning, and I'm like, how did you? Like, I feel like that would have been just so much work. Yeah. Like, but I know, like, there's like you know, a lot of hat makers out there that that's how they started was just like cutting. You know, it's like however they marked it and then just cut it. Yeah. There you uh, go. Yeah. But there's so many, like, I find that, you know, even like as the industry grows with hat makers, because there, there are so many more hat makers popping up uh, mm -hmm. these days is I'm also finding more, more people like making tools, like, like the hand, the hand tools. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I think I paid around $1,200 for my brim cutter, but now you can buy them for $200 or $300. Um, so, um, even, you know, like a few different people, uh, 3d printing mm -hmm. stuff these days. And, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a good way to get into it on a, on a, on a budget. But, oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's yeah. great. It's great that those options are out there, you know, like, uh, I, most of my stuff, you know, like, you know, it's like buying stuff off of, off of eBay or Etsy. And, you know, it's like getting, like, I've got like a bunch of old flanges and old, old hat blocks. Um, and, um, you know, they're great. They still work. I still use them, but, uh, yeah, it's like trying to get full sets of anything yeah. is almost impossible unless you're like, I saw this one hat maker who 
somehow just happened upon a hat shop that was closing and has like this enormous stockpile of blocks and flanges and um uh i think got a couple of the old french like con conformators and oh man. and um and the vermilions and i was just like wow that's a that's a score that's that's a yeah. that's a treasure find right there someone was yeah. saying their prayers <laughs> yeah, got okay. the answer. yeah 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 speaking of uh have blocks and sets and things like that and yeah. uh your woodworking past i've noticed that you've been making some uh beautiful hat blocks too yeah yeah it was i mean that was again it was part of the like oh it's kind of hard to get hat blocks and and or it takes a long time to get them uh and i i had made i had made some myself probably two two and a half years ago like before i closed up my wood shop uh i had made some just because i had a couple of clients that were you know like large sizes like i had one guy that was uh 64 centimeter and so i'm like oh man i need to get a you know make a 65 cm block and and so i made a handful and as I was making them, you know, thinking like, okay, how much do these things cost to buy? How much time is this taking me to make? But I didn't have the time to wait six months or whatever it was to get a hat block from wherever, you know, I could get yeah. one. And, uh, and yeah, I just started thinking like, oh, I wonder how, you know, like, how could I have these things made? Um, and have them done at like a reasonable cost and 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 that and then i started working with uh another friend of mine in the woodworking industry who's just like an absolute genius when it comes to programming and uh like running cnc machines and that and so i kind of teamed up with him and just said like here's what i'm looking looking to make and uh he's like oh that's easy and i'm like okay and he he was able to the way he programmed it he could just draw it once and then made it parametric parametric i think where he can just like for sizes like literally just like plug in a couple of numbers and it grows in size and and then he programmed everything for a cnc machine and i found a shop here in uh in one of the suburbs of vancouver uh to have them like do some samples for me and they were able to do everything like they source all the wood they um cut it everything uh uh they were even doing the finishing for me although i've moved that to my old furniture finisher now so yeah anyways it was it was a long time in the works of like kind of perfecting things the first iterations of them were okay but there was some flaws like some ridges on them just from the drawings and so we had to go back and redo the drawings and that but anything anyways we've got everything like perfected now and yeah now i'm just like i i think i actually probably do more revenue in hat blocks than i do in hats mm -hmm. like so it's become what what was meant to be a sort of a just a secondary source of income for me to mm -hmm. 
probably yeah it's definitely more than you know 60 70 percent of my of my income is uh haplux now awesome so yeah yeah and i wanted to do something you know like i make them out of mahogany um i wanted to just do something that stands out and is you know like the really rich red color is really nice obviously the quality of, of mahogany is really good and yeah you know just again have something that that uh is not just functional but also like looks really nice as well yeah, so it looks pretty too yeah yeah it's so. a beautiful color so what's your yeah. uh what's your uh collection look like you must have a little bit of everything now <laughs> i have a little bit of everything i still don't even have a full set of my own blocks uh which i'm like okay i need to just get my own i just because i had every you know so much from before that i had like picked off of like ebay and etsy and stuff like that like um but now I'm like, okay, it's time for me to have like a full yeah. run of, of my own, you know, and I want like a full run of 51s, a full run of 52s and, and regular and long oval. And so, yeah. And Just then, it all. yeah. And then starting to build up a collection of flanges of my, my own flanges as well. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's coming, but I'm also like, like I said, I'm, I'm somewhat busting at the seams here with space. So where um, my wife and I are, have been talking recently about getting a workspace outside of the house. Like we both work from home. Yeah. She's got a YouTube channel and she's, she teaches uh, copywriting and marketing courses. And, uh, and do you want to give her a little plug? Where do we find her? Oh yeah, yeah, the copy posse. <laughs> All right, Alex Catoni the, and the copy posse. Yeah, cool. um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, she's got a, like a great business going. But you know, through the pandemic, we're like, oh, this is great that we can both work from home. Mm-hmm. But uh, as you know, time has gone on, and 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 uh, the world's opened back up again. We're like, we need to get out of the house. Yeah, and <laughs> you know where you know it's like oh i haven't left the house in two days other than to take the dog out um so yeah for us it's more of a like a lifestyle balance where we're like let's find a space so we're gonna look for a space together where we can do my like making my making studio along with a showroom and then her office slash like youtube studio and like a little sort of podcast place um yeah yeah so so yeah i've been sort of like poking around seeing what's out there i mean rent in vancouver is atrocious so um finding something that's not too too insane um but uh, yeah i think that for me and for the experience that I'm trying to build for my clients, uh, like they already are very happy with, you know, like they'll come to my photo studio, um, uh, which is a beautiful loft, like, you know, big, like 20 foot ceilings with, with windows uh, on two sides. Like it's really nice, but, um, to be able to come in, for a consultation and I can just go and like pull fabrics off the shelf 
and be like, oh, here, well, let's put this with this and this and the, you know, like I just feel like the experience would be the, just that much better um, yep. to to be able to incorporate all of that in one. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we've um we do the same thing. Like we work from home, and yeah. um, my partner she makes jewelry, so we have workshops. Oh, nice kind of side by side but yeah it's uh nice to get out into the real world and see other people and other things other than just your your home so it's kind yeah. of uh it makes sense like it's easy to work from home and it's cheaper rather than having to rent another place but yeah it's nice to uh to get out get out and interact <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely well, and i i don't like have you had like people ask you like people ask <clears throat> me this they're like oh do you have <clears throat> a shop where i can just like go see your stuff yeah and I'm like, well, no, <laughs> like it's either online or I'm like, I can meet you, you know, meet you at the studio, but same thing. Like whenever I go to do a consultation, I'm like, oh, I got to pack up a bunch of hats and bring them to have like just samples and for people to try on and that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, real world experiences are, are kind of better than the, the digital thing that's going on at the moment. You know, yeah. like uh, <clears throat> that's more where I want to go to is more 3d (laughs) real life kind of interactions with people rather than just over instagram or the internet yeah you know it it does i mean it makes a difference and i and i feel like i feel like like having in-person interactions with with people you can you you get you pick up on different vibes with them and um you know just like there's like small subtleties that you can find where you can incorporate like up that like personalized thing into their, into their hat. Um, and I mean, I've made friends from, you know, like one of my good friends, like came in for a consultation to get a hat for her fiance. And, you know, we ended up, we ended up just like chatting, uh, for a while and, and, uh, she's a fashion designer. So, Mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, kind of like coincided. And then we just like kept in touch. And now we're in like, uh, we, my brother-in-law and I started a creative mastermind group and she's like in the group with us as well. And, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been nice to like make friends from just meeting people through them, buying hats from you. So, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great, it's a great way to interact with the world and like yeah. to share something yeah and invite the the good people in yeah i and yeah. i i also like i miss working with people like when i had my when i had my wood shop and i had you know five guys there and they all you know same thing like they all became friends um yeah. and i miss just like going to work going to work and just that camaraderie of of like working with other people and and that like because a lot of times i'm like down down here in the basement i'm just like it's me and you know yourself and, yeah that's yeah. where the term mad hat it comes from i'm sure yeah, exactly yeah, yeah 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 it's just me and like i'm either like listening to a podcast or music or have like a movie on the tv or something like that as i'm like plugging away but i'm like yeah i miss talking to people you know as i'm working so absolutely yeah yeah um, speaking of marketing and uh, mm-hmm. Instagram and all that, I noticed that um, some of your ads have been popping up. Oh on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. What are you, what are your thoughts with Instagram at the moment? Um, with like the digital marketing in general and and doing ads and things like that. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely changed. Um, 
I feel like, you know, five years ago, you, you could build a business off Instagram, mm -hmm. um, much easier than you can these days. Uh, I think that's a lot to do with just like the change in like the algorithms and, and, and that, um, I mean, I feel like I've done all right with it. Like a lot of my business does come from Instagram. Um, I only started doing ads maybe six months ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, obviously it's like, you know, with my wife's business, she's like, you need, like, why aren't you advertising? Um, and so I started doing that to just see how it goes. It has helped. It's helped to build the audience. Um, definitely gotten sales from it. I feel like I'm still kind of working the bugs out with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have somebody that handles my ads for me. Um, and she, she just started maybe six weeks ago. Uh, I had somebody prior to that and, and then hired this girl and I feel like, you know, things are going well. She's still kind of learning the brand, but she knows what she's doing. She's, she's doing a good job with it. Um, I think time will tell, you know, uh, mm -hmm. see, see how it goes. But, you know, I mean, the challenging thing with Instagram is that like, even people that, that follow you or that have followed you for a long time, don't see your stuff. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I have like a friend of mine that, that works with me sometimes. She's like, I never see your stuff. I never see your ads. I never see your posts. I never see your stories, you know? And it's like, who knows what the audience is, you know, like, yeah. like my friend, his platform, he's got over a million followers and gets less engagement now than he did when he had a hundred thousand followers. Yeah. So it's, I, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, so I, I'm, I'm trying more to like build up my, my email list mm -hmm. um, and see how that goes. Um, I feel like, I feel like if I had a brick and mortar on a street that had like a decent amount of foot traffic, I feel like that would, you know, it's, I mean, that's curiosity, right? Like people yeah. just walk by and they're like, Oh, what's this place? Oh man, there's somebody in there making hats. Like, let's check this out. And, um, I feel like that would probably do well. But again, you know, it's like, that's a huge expense. That's a big undertaking to, to do a, a storefront. Um, yeah, big commitment. You know, yeah, big commitment, especially again in Vancouver, you know, with, with rent prices being so like crazy here. Um, but yeah, I, I find it challenging in Vancouver too, because I mean, Vancouver is like, it's not a fashion town, you know, it's like most people here dress for function, not for fashion. And for those that do dress for fashion or, you know, it's more mostly because they have so much money. They just, you know, buy whatever is, you know, like yeah. got Louis Vuitton or Gucci or something splashed all over it. You know, it's not Jackson Howell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta start, I gotta start doing, I thought about, I'm going to start doing t-shirts at least like yeah. something like it's something big else. J H monogram. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like multi all over it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so that's that's why I've also been 
starting to push my my ads uh in the states more yeah um you know americans are more are hat maker hat wearers more than than canadians are but i mean americans are also just more they more freely will spend their money yeah yeah canadians i find are very just like nope not opening my wallet for anything (laughs) so yeah but have you uh what are your thoughts i don't know if you've seen um a lot of these uh chinese type brands that are ripping off everyone's Oh my custom God. made I've, photos. <laughs> so many times I have sent photos to, I mean, I've sent photos to um, Peter, like Hornscoff. I've sent photos to, um, to uh, John at the, like, this is folklore. And I'm like, Hey, recognize yeah. this, recognize yeah. this. And uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like I, I don't even like, I don't even know necessarily that those sites are even making these hats. Like I think like most of them are scam sites. Yeah. You know, like I saw, I think I saw something that was, um, it was cowboy hats and they were like, you know, 20 X or 50, 50 X or hundred X beaver. (laughs) And for what they were selling them for. And I was like, I'm like, that's cheaper than what I can buy a felt for. How is that possible? And of course, you know, when you do like the smallest bit of research on it, it's like, oh no, scam site. Like, you know, all the comments are like, what I ordered, I didn't receive what I ordered or what I got was different than what I ordered and, and, and all of that. And I mean, it's really too bad because I mean, like there's even like all these, I mean, I don't know how many there are, but I, see like i get ads pop up for this one um Mm -hmm. brand from china all the time and they just like mass produce like just pump out hats they they pretty much just do wool hats but you know i mean like again they're selling these things for like 60 dollars like yeah but you know i'm like again I, i mean that's my opinion i'm like this is part of the problem with the world you know it's like the fashion industry is a huge component in uh like greenhouse gases and and just like all kinds of pollution in in the world uh and which i'm like i don't want to contribute to that mm-hmm. you know this, that's why like i said you know i mean like guys like us it's like you're making a quality piece that somebody's going to have for years if not decades you know it's not going to be something that they're going to wear for a year and throw out or or send it to a thrift store um uh so yeah i just like but what about the beavers jackson what about the beavers (laughs) i'm like how is the world not running out of beavers yeah yeah and how is there not a fur felt manufacturer in canada with you know, yeah. And thanks for the reminder. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Fur felt manufacturing Canada, run by uh, yeah, Jason Momoa. And, yeah. Uh, who did he do? Frontier or something like that up there? Oh yeah, was Were they chasing Frontier? Frontier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Frontier. Something he like did out chasing out. beavers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know. I had talked to. Uh, like Jay and Ryan at Kudetet, they had like done tons of research into into it, and it's like the felt trade in Canada. They have been selling 
to the same people for like 120 years or something like that. Like it's, um, it's like such a long standing, like mm -hmm. client relationship that they just don't sell to anybody else. Um, but yeah, that's actually something that I've thought about recently is, you know, it's like, well, at some point beaver is going to run out. Or at some point, you know, rabbit is going to run out. Yeah. What it, What's going to be left? Um, Are you thinking of starting your own backyard breeding operation? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> if it got, I mean, honestly, if it got to a point where, I mean, it's already been tough getting, getting felts recently. Mm -hmm. um, if, if it got to a point where, it was like so hard to get felts. Honestly, I'd probably just move on to something else. Like I'd yeah. move on to a different, you know, different, different thing. Invent yourself again. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, that's the thing is like, <clears throat> I'm not even, you know, I mean, at 46, like I'm not afraid to reinvent myself again. Yeah. So, you know, if, if that's the case, that's the case. Like, you know, like I, uh, I mean, I have other aspirations anyways. Like I love hat making and I'll continue to do it um, as long as I enjoy doing it. Yeah. You know? And that's the way it should be. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't, you know, I have friends that, you know, like one of my best friends is, you know, in a job that he doesn't like. And uh, I've, literally for 15 years have been like move to vancouver move to vancouver he, he loves it out here and I'm like move to vancouver and he's like oh i only have like eight more years to go till i can retire and i'm like that's eight more years of you being at a job that you don't you know and it's like yeah what do they call it golden handcuffs you know because because mm -hmm. it's a pension job and that security man that security it's hard to leave yeah <clears throat> yeah how do you uh explain your ability to like be a chameleon and transform and change and uh and i guess follow your passions how, how does how does that come about for a person like you um i think a lot of it is just the willingness um to take a leap uh you know um i mean i mean like we talked about earlier like leaving the woodworking industry i think that was part of the reason why it took me longer than i wanted you know was because i it was it got to a point where it was sort of that golden handcuffs thing for me where i'm like i know i can always make money doing this mm -hmm. um but yeah for i don't know for me it's just like i'm not afraid to try new things you know and it's like and again you know like even with even with hat making uh, it was like well i'm gonna give this a go and i've you know, giving it a go, it's going good. It's going better, you know? So I'm like, why not keep going? And, and like I said, you know, until I don't, if I ever get to a point where I'm like, Oh, I don't want to make hats anymore, which I hope it never gets to that point. Um, but if it, if it ever does get to that point, you know, I would hope that I've already started something else. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've, I've, for a long time, I mean, honestly, since I was a kid, I've had an interest in filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And so that's my next foray is, is filmmaking. So, yeah. 
um, which I want to incorporate. I've done a few small things like with, you know, like for the hat brand itself. Um, and so that would be my next thing is like filmmaking, but I'm like, I want to incorporate hats in there. Like I'm still like my brother-in-law is a videographer for all my like really beautiful video work. It's all him. And, uh, and so him and I have like a few ideas cooking of, of telling my, my story, like my brand Mm -hmm. story for the hats. So, um, again, it's like finding the time to do that. It's um, handy to have a videographer and then you can just direct because it's yeah. really hard to, hard to film yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, luckily I, you know, like because I've been a photographer for 25 years, like I can do, like I do pretty much all my own photos, yeah. uh, whether it's product photos or if I'm doing like a brand shoot or something like that, unless I'm in it, I'm typically the one taking the photos. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been good. You know, it's like not everybody has that skill. Even with the woodworking, like I've made, you know, some of my own tools, like I've, you know, my puller or puller downer, you know, the first one I bought snapped on me once yeah. when I was, you know, and I'm like, oh, and then I literally, I was at the shop and I'm like, oh, I can just make a new one. Like, you know, it's like having those skills have been super handy for me. And so that's that, I think that also is another reason why I'm not afraid to start new things is I'm like, well, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. So I've like kind of built up all these skills. And, uh, so I'm like, if I've been able to do all those things, I know that I could do all these things too. So. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned before that you've got a creative mastermind group. Um, is that based off like a Napoleon Hill type, uh, setup? Or is he someone uh, that you've been into? Uh, I've read some of Napoleon Hill's stuff. Um, it's not necessarily based off that. Uh, it's more so like I, I'm part of a men's group. I've been part of a men's men's group for many, many years. And uh, I think it was a partnering of, of that and then uh, and then my wife was co-hosting a, a business mastermind for uh, eight years. Mm-hmm. And so her brother and I, like the, her brother, that's the videographer, um, him and I, you know, it's like as creatives, and I, I, I'm sure both you and your partner know that as well. It's like, as a creative, you spend a lot of time by yourself, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, working from home, which a lot of creatives do. Uh, we, we just had this thought of like, oh, it it would be really nice to just like have time with other creatives and people in different fields so that we could just bounce ideas off each other and, um, and see where either we could possibly work together or, you know, it's like, oh, I'm struggling with this and somebody else might be like, oh, you should try this. Um, so our group is pretty diverse. Like we have like my, myself, Ted, who, who does the videography, um, there's a fashion designer, uh, two musicians, a writer, an actor slash acting coach, a comedian, um, and, um, a stylist. And then we had, uh, and then there's another photographer in there. 
And then we had one girl who was there for a while. She just moved away, but she's an actor and, but she's also like a holistic chef. And so it was like with this sort of like group of different uh, creative passions, we've been able to help each other out a lot, you know, whether it came from like applying for grants or, um, you know, uh, working with each other on like, you know, stylist working with a photographer on a shoot or videographer and, and a stylist working together on a music video, um, marketing tips, you know, just like all kinds of different things. It's been really great. Um, and again, you know, it's like where one of us might get creatively stuck. Somebody else might be like, oh, just do this. And it's like just that little shift can have you just like propel forward. Yeah. yeah, that sounds really interesting. I think that's something that a lot of us could uh, could use for sure. So, how yeah. would how do you set up like something like that? And what would like a how often would you meet? And what would like a meeting look like? So right now we meet uh, once a month for two to three hours. Uh, we try to keep it to like you know where everybody has like a check in. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you know, give your check-in of it's like, Oh, what have you had for wins in the past, in the past month? Where are you struggling? Um, and you know, what can we help you with? Uh, and, uh, and so everybody gets like basically a turn to, to do their check-in. And then if, you know, sometimes there's somebody that needs a little more time and attention, uh, in, in the meeting. Uh, so we'll give that. How we started was I literally just started approaching some creatives that I knew mm -hmm. and was just like, hey, you know, Ted and I are thinking of starting this mastermind group. Would you be interested? Literally every person was just like, yes, yes, yes. So we ended up with eight, eight of us like really fast. So and then and then so many other people that I've even just told them about it have been like, oh, man, I want to be a part of this. It's like. So yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's really great. I mean, I've had so much benefit in my life, um, being a part of my men's group that, you know, like this was kind of a no brainer for me to do the, the creative group as well. And, and yeah, it's been, it's been really good. I personally would love to meet more often. I'd, I'd like, like it to be more like every two weeks, but you know, it's like trying to coordinate the schedules of eight people isn't, uh, isn't always the easiest thing to do, but yeah. but yeah, it's been, it's been highly beneficial. I I'd recommend it to any, you know, any, anybody, whether you're creative or, or not, you know, it's just like being a part of a, of a, a group like that can just like benefit your life in so many ways. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd say go for it. Start. We'll do, yeah. we'll do a, do a chapter of this in, uh, in Australia. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah it sounds it sounds like something that um yeah, I think could be beneficial for anyone. Yeah. I think it's just it's community, you know? Like it's just being being a part of the community. Like I I've been very lucky to have a really solid uh community of friends in Vancouver. Uh that you know, just like it's a very like I don't know. It's positive. It's uplifting. You know, I just don't like, I personally years and years ago made a decision. I'm not going to spend time with people that 
bring me down or that are like, you know, soul suckers, if you will, you know, uh, I'm like, I just, I like to spend my time with people that I feel uplifted when I leave, when I leave, uh, their presence. And I hope that I also leave that impression on them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the way to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's bring it back to the hats again. Um, so do you do any ready to wear type stuff or is it mostly custom? Uh, it's a mix. I do mostly custom, but I do have, uh, I do have a handful of ready to wear on my website. Uh, I have uh, like four more pieces that I'm working on right now. Um, it's, I think it's good because I mean, there's people out there that don't necessarily want to go through the whole custom, um, experience. They're just like, Oh, I just, if I see something, I like it, I buy it. Um, the only challenge I've really found with it is that, you know, you create a hat, um, and it's one of one. So it's one size, you know, one color style. And it's like, for for you to find a person or a person to find that hat where it's like, Ooh, I love the look of that. Ooh, it's my size, you know, and then boom, they take it. Um, that I find a bit challenging. So I'm looking at maybe doing like a line yep. where, where I would do, you know, I did test this out last year uh, where I did, uh, spring and summer line it was six pieces you know i just like came up with with the designs but then i offered it in whatever size you want and it was just yeah. it was just uh made to order right. so again with with the um not necessarily fast fashion but but i don't want to carry a bunch of stock yeah uh and that's mostly you know like a financial thing that i don't want to put all all that money out to to hold stock but um i also look at it it's like well what if it doesn't sell then what do you do with it you know like it's then you have to discount it and and that so that's why i'd rather it be uh made to made to order so that you're not yeah 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 you're not investing so much in in stock just sitting there yeah exactly so when you make a, a custom hat or any hat, is it always just one of a kind? You'll never repeat that hat or, or do you no. ever get orders from hats that you've done before? <laughs> the most requests I've gotten is for this hat, yeah. which I ended up pulling off my website. <laughs> I'm like, this is my hat. I'm like, I don't want a bunch of people happening. Um, yeah. Like I, cause I just did my first wholesale order and sent a, bunch of hats to a hat shop in Singapore. Okay. And this was actually one of the hats that they wanted. So, um, but yeah, I've had people just, you know, cause I have a gallery on my website of past, past, uh, creations that I've done. And I've had people go on and, and, uh, just be like, Oh, I really like this. Can you make me that hat? I always talk them into just doing some like tweaks on it mm-hmm. just to make it more uniquely theirs. Yeah. Um, it's unless you're doing like a really simple, clean hat, I find it hard to like recreate something identically. Um, so I would say like, yeah, I've, you know, I've, I've done hats where somebody has just been like, Oh, I really like that. I've done it, but just that little twist on it. 
old. A few little tweaks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> what's the what's your favorite? Is that the favorite hat that you've made? Was the first one that you've you've done, or have you made others for other people that you? That oh you yeah, I mean, really I've made. Love? Yeah, I've made uh, I've made some pieces for other people that I'm like, oh, I gotta make myself one of those, yeah. um, and that of course never got around to it. It's just, I mean, this is my favorite hat that I've made myself for sure. Like, I definitely mm-hmm. wear this one the most. Um, I I don't have, I don't necessarily have a specific hat that I'm like, oh, that was my favorite that I've ever made. Um, there's probably, but there are like a small handful that I would put in that category. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's just like the way it came together, shaping it and the way, you know, the way I dressed it or, or when I did like a distressing technique that just like, I nailed the distressing technique on it, like things like that. Yeah. Like definitely there's, I'd say about five to six hats that I'm like, I would gather those ones back and keep for myself if I could. Yeah. 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 It's always nice to kind of nice to make something that you love for someone else, but then at the same time, you kind of wouldn't, wouldn't be too bad to hang on to it. Yeah. I've actually sold, I've actually sold two of my hats, like ones that I made for myself personally. Um, Like I had one that was I wearing it. I was either wearing it when I did a consultation or I had just brought it as a sample mm-hmm. and uh, the the guy that was there for his fitting just kept going back to it. being like, oh, I really like this one. I really like this one. And, I, and, and then by the end of it, like close to the end of the consultation, I was just like, look, man, I'm like, if you really like it, I'm like, it's yours. I'll sell it to you. You know, I'm like, I was just like, I could recreate one for you similar, but he was just like, oh, I just love everything about this. And I'm like, and it fit them too. Like it was, we have like a very similar head shape. So I'm like, all right, man, it's yours. So. Yeah. Mm. After you've had been wearing that hat for a while, it, it really, uh, like, especially if you're using the Winchester felts, you know, like they, uh, they soften up really nice. And oh they yeah. Have a real, a real nice feel to them. And I always like, um, I always feel bad to sell like a hat that I've, had because i kind of i'm kind of attached to it yeah. at the same time i know that it's like it's even better than like a freshie you know that you've yeah. just made yeah oh it's like it's like after you've broken in a pair of jeans for two years like you don't want to get rid of those yeah yeah this is this is one hat that i would never i would never sell this hat like that's... yeah this is and i think that's more because it's the first one i made for myself and the kind of like kind of like the style like the band on it was sort of an ode to one that i had made for a friend of mine mm-hmm. so it's kind of and it's this it's it's a silver belly as well so it was like a sort of that was our little connection yeah yeah is it a beaver felt yeah this one's a hundred x yeah this was one of the first i think this was one of the first winchester felts that i that i ever got yeah for the like you know handful at a time that i could get <laughs> yeah. yeah oh winchester yeah i I love their felts when um oh they're great did you get like a free sample box when you started with them no i 
When I first started getting them, I was buying them through uh, pure like Tim at Pure Beaver. Oh, okay. He would like he was able to get his hands on on them, and you know he was just like reselling. Yep. So um, yeah, now I can buy direct from them. But yeah, I've heard that Braden told me that too that that when he first started, they like sent him out a sample box, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like, no, I didn't get the sample box, but I'm like, I'm, I'm like, man, whatever I can get my hands on from them, I'll take like, even, uh, you know, even if it's seconds, like I'm like, I'll, I'll take it, you know, like if I'm doing a distressed hat, I'll use a, I'll use a second because unless it's like, there's like some major flaw with it, which there typically isn't like, it's usually something pretty small and minor, but, um, I mean, if you're going to distress the hat. It's like that nice. it just adds to it yeah well exactly yeah so yeah and are you using mostly western weight or do you use a dress weight as well uh i use both i would say a majority is definitely western weight uh, mm-hmm. but i've been using dress weight more lately and uh i think with i think with the direction that i'm going with you know doing the more just like kind of clean classic hats i'd probably do mm-hmm. more dress weight in like do in those um i also like the lighter weight like it's yeah it's nice i actually got a felt from uh um i'm trying to remember his name the um the hat makers emporium from down oh yeah from chris yeah chris chris i got yeah. i just picked up a uh one like one feps of felt from him uh, and it was really, it was like Western weight, but it was lighter and it was really mm-hmm. thin. And that was like one of the best felts I ever worked with. Like, I just yeah. like, I'm like, oh, the weight of it was great. The, the stiffness of it was just perfect. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to get more of those. But yeah, he was, uh, he burnt, like went through those pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. He's got the, the hot, hot commodities there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always found like I love the Winchester and then um trying to get like they're quite stiff, you know. Yeah. And then but then after if you wear them a while or you reshape them a few times, like you know, your own personal hats. Yeah. Uh they get like this beautiful like the stiffness is just right. And for a long time I was just trying to um beat them up and leave them out in the weather just so they'd soften before before. Oh I used yeah. Them. Like yeah. the Western weights? The Western weights, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. To get that you know that softness yeah but uh it's a long process yeah no kidding <laughs> you know? yeah um but, do you do you follow people on instagram you keep an eye out on what's happening in the hat world yeah i mean i follow other hat makers but i try not to i try not to spend too much time looking at what other people are doing and that's more so so that i'm not I want to say so that I'm not like subconsciously absorbing what they're yeah. doing and then that and, and then not going into my work. Yeah. Um I do admire what other people are doing for sure. Um and it is cool to see what's out there and see I just see a lot of skull crowns lately but um yeah. but it is cool to see what other people are doing. Um I just try to yeah, I try to not let it influence me too much. Too much, yeah. Yeah. Who who do you see that you kind of uh admire or whose work do you like? 
Oh man. I mean, for, for different reasons, I love, I mean, Braden stuff is, is great. Like for just like a beautiful classic, just like high quality, uh, finished hat. I love what Braden does. Um, like this is folklore. I, I just like, I think he's doing like really cool stuff. Like I love the old school style, but also with that like distressed look, mm -hmm. um, Alexander Westwood does like tall, super tall, super wide, like tall crowns, wide brims. And like, I haven't, I, I haven't done a hat like that yet. And I want to, but I just like finding mm -hmm. a client that, you know, that would rock that but i just love those hats like i think they they remind me of like old western cartoons oh yeah like, you know just like <laughs> the like 10 gallon hat um just like um really exaggerated you know mm. um yeah i don't know i mean like i love your work is really great um i don't like I don't follow Nick on Instagram. Um, yeah. so, uh, right. well, <laughs> right. I don't follow Nick as Nick blocked me or somebody on oh, his team he? blocked oh, me. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Which was only like recently. I'm like, Oh, that was, that's weird. That but, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think some hat makers just do that. Like where they just block anybody that like, you can do the blanket sort of block anybody that's got like, that's a hat maker. I know other hat got, makers that do that yeah. as well. Yeah. I got blocked by Lone Hawk in the beginning. I was so devastated. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably because I copied his work too much. Oh. <laughs> I just like, I, I'm like, whatever, you know, like it, it's not, you know, doesn't, uh, it doesn't really bother me that much. Um, yeah. Who else? Um, I don't know. I mean, again, like I, a lot of times, honestly, it's like, I, I mostly with Instagram, I'm not mm -hmm. necessarily looking at the hats so much as I'm looking at the photography. Yeah. Like I, you know, if anything, you know, when I see something that other hat makers post, it's more like, I love that photo. Like they did a really mm. cool, you know, killer job with that photo. Like even like with, with Braden, and I told him this straight up, like when I, I kind of redid some stuff out in my garage. Cause I'm like, I love the way that your photos look. And I wanted to recreate something along that line yeah. of just like, you know, a window. So you got natural light pouring in and, um, and that, um, but uh, yeah, like I, I would say more so with anybody that I follow on Instagram, mm -hmm. other you know, other than friends, is it's more it's photography that I really like. Um, yeah, but it is cool to see what other hat makers are doing, and um, you know, and I'm sure you know I'm, I, I have a lot of hat makers that follow me. I you know I'm sure that they are following me for you know either because they're like oh I like what you're doing I've had a lot of people Rip it, say, ripping off your designs yeah ripping off, <laughs> ripping off my designs um, uh, you know but I mean I've had a lot of people be like oh your Instagram looks really great like I really like the you know content that you're posting and, yeah. and that but uh, yeah I mean like I you know I'm like 
you know, if you like my work, great. Don't, don't be sticking nails in your hat, but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I'm thinking of making a nice little start, putting a star in my crown. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's the next fad. Yeah. Again, I mean, I, I say that, like I've been doing this for, you know, that was like one of the first crowns that I did. And it was just like kind of messing around. And I'm like, I don't know if I started that yeah. or, or if maybe again, like, that seeped into my subconscious from seeing something else online or what, but yeah, you know. just claim it. It's yours. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. mine. <laughs> like a trademark it. Yeah, Keep exactly. It <laughs> have you, have you heard of the, um, is it the heart hat guy? I think he uh, created like this. Some of the boys are telling me about it. He created, well, he created the, um, you know, like when you do the crown and you make it into a heart shape. Oh, and apparently I've... he, he trademarked, that one and was uh yeah oh really i have seen I've, i have seen a few people do those do that style yeah yeah Good valentine's day hat yeah yeah exactly yeah. well i think that was also like when i saw the one that was like similar to my like star is they called it a cross and they had done, did it for halloween um right. so i was just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um do you follow any hat photographers or people that um mostly photograph hats mm. i don't even i didn't even know that was a thing <laughs> I, uh, there's a dude i think he's uh in the states i think his name's raul and he does like a lot of uh cowboy cowgirl hats oh really and he just yeah, like photographs man. hats or are you just like photographs no, the West? like pe pe people wearing hats oh yeah. okay yeah there there's was a, a, a few there was a an account that i was um following years ago like probably like when instagram was first a thing and i think it was like babes in hats or something like that oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, i don't even know if it's still I don't know if it's oh, beards, still babes and hats maybe maybe that's what it was yeah any yeah 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 it was something like that you yeah repost repost people's hats yeah yeah exactly yeah? yeah yeah but i do i do follow some I do follow some photographers that that photograph like the Western world, like photograph mm -hmm. cowboys. Um, right back. Okay. You can keep going. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, like that photograph cowboys uh, uh, in the Western world, and again, it's just like beautiful work. Um, and I think that's what has me more. Um. I think that that's what attracts me more is it's, it's the photography more than necessarily, you know, seeing the hats. So, yeah. yeah. But, what, uh, what makes a beautiful photograph for you? Oh God. <laughs> so many things. I mean, a lot give of it's us, just, give us some tips. We need some more tips. A lot of it's just composition, lighting, um, I'm I'm really more attracted to like dramatic lighting these days. Um like I love what what uh Jay and Ryan are doing with their like product photography. Um yeah. I mean they've also got like Peter McKinnon who's this like phenomenal photographer. That's you handy. know, like giving them uh giving them tips. Um but uh yeah, like I cuz cuz my like my style of photography and this is outside of like my brand, uh, like my hat brand and stuff, but my style of photography has, has mostly been like natural light. I very rarely shoot with studio lights. Um, 
but now I'm starting to like like go into that arena of shooting with uh with studio lights and doing something more like cinematic like that's i mean if that's the way to to describe it is i like a more cinematic feel yeah yeah and um with the photos do you like um hats positioned on something or do you kind of like hats on people like in a profile type um, uh, I mean, it depends on what I'm trying to get. Like if it's product photography, then obviously just, you know, like I've bought a bunch of, um, just like props now mm-hmm. that I've, I started doing, like I got like some old books and like this old little wood crate and, and that, and I've been starting to do photos of the hats on those. And that's just to have a little more texture in the photo. And, and you know, like mostly what I had been doing was like at my studio, there's a concrete wall. And I just have, uh, I have like a hat hanger on the, on the wall and I just hang it. So it kind of looks like the, the hats floating. Right. And that's what I've been doing for, for the last couple of years as, as my product photography. But then lately I'm just like, it's nice. Like I do like that nice kind of clean look, but then I'm like, ah, I just want something more. Yeah. So, and bringing like some wood elements into it, uh, as well. I really like. Um, but then like, even like what I've got in some like upcoming stuff, like for hats on people that I'm going to be shooting is going to be just like more dramatic. Uh, so I'm looking forward to like getting that stuff up and, and launched on the page. Yeah. So, yeah. Which I need to also make some more dramatic hats as well. So, but in, in what way? Um, like I have an idea for, like I saw a hat on uh this guy he's called the shoe surgeon he does like custom sneakers and he was wearing like this super wide like it must have been like a six inch wide brim it was huge and then just like a big open crown but like nothing on the hat that was it just like big open crown big wide brim and it was just like i don't know it's just like so dramatic and i'm like oh that would look so cool for um uh, for like to do a photo shoot with. And yeah. and I have this one spot here in, in town that I've been wanting to do a, sh- a photo shoot there for years. And it's just finding the right thing to shoot. And so that's part of my idea. So wait, wait until you see that one come, come out. <laughs> yeah. Get ready. Yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting. So you kind of have these uh, visions of what you want to create. And is that the same kind of process that you have when, when making a hat? Do you already have some kind of idea of what you want this hat to be? And then you go about creating that? Or is it something yeah. that maybe... Yeah, like typically maybe... typically when I'm going through a consultation with somebody, I'm like already visualizing the hat. Um, I don't I don't necessarily, like I've never like sat down and like sketched out what I want a hat to look like. Um, it's more of a, you know, I don't know, I guess off the cuff, like as I'm, as I'm doing it, but, but yeah, when I'm, when I'm doing a consultation with somebody, I'm already picturing it in my head. Uh, you know, when we start talking about like, okay, like we'll do this crown style, we'll do this, um, brim width, uh, you know, we want to incorporate these colors into the band and, um, or these like personal details and I'm already like visualizing it of, of what it's going to look like. 
whether or not that's what it ends up looking like, <laughs> <laughs> not all the time, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's typically my creative process with, with a hat when I'm doing like a ready to wear, honestly, it's like, I'll just grab a felt, pick a random hat size and start going at it. And then, uh, when I get to the point of like dressing it, you know, I just go to my shelf that's got like stacks of fabric on it and, you know, start just like pulling a couple things that I think will look good together. Um, yeah. What What's your uh, shelf of fabrics look like? Uh, well, I can show you. It's uh, nothing like super exciting, but it's, this is, that's it. So, right. you know, just like different prints, different colors. I've got like this one section that's like all bandanas. Mm -hmm. uh, this is one of my favorite pieces, this one here. And that's, uh, it's like a blanket from Indonesia. Um, right. And it's like beautifully just like sun bleached and, and like perfectly patinaed. So, and then I've got like these, um, it's called a serap, I believe. So it's like a, a Mexican uh, blanket and it's mm -hmm. like got all these different layers of different colors on it. So I like, made some pretty cool hat bands out of those. Yeah. yeah. Those thicker textured fabrics look really beautiful on your hats. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was using like Pen Pendleton blanket material mm -hmm. there for a while as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, those make, make cool, like cool pieces. I, I really like, I've got a couple pieces of like Japanese indigo that I really like. Um, that's actually somewhere I really want to go just, and I mean, I want to go in general, but I'm like, part of that trip would be specific just to do textile shopping is, is, uh, is Japan. Um, I picked up some cool stuff a few years ago. We were in Turkey and mm -hmm. went to the grand bazaar in Istanbul and picked wow. up some like really cool, unique fabrics from there. So um yeah that's that those are typically end up being my favorites is stuff that i've picked up on um on trips and usually it's like i don't get a lot of it like you know it's like get maybe one yard of it or something like that and then you know it makes it even more unique because it's like once it's gone it's gone yeah and then yeah. you're kicking yourself afterwards wishing <laughs> yeah. you bought more oh yeah. i've definitely i've definitely had that yeah. with a few pieces yeah <laughs> I'm like, man, I wish yeah. I would have bought like 10 yards of this. Yeah. 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 I always buy small and my partner's always saying, buy bulk, buy bulk. Yeah. yeah. But you know what I found <laughs> is sometimes when I've, you know, it's like, I'll just like go to the, like my local fabric shop and I'll mm -hmm. be like, oh yeah, I'll get three yards of that. And then I've just got piles yeah. of it sitting yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I also yeah. like, I don't like to throw, I don't like to throw things away. So I always keep my off cuts of fabric. And so I've got mm -hmm. like two boxes of just offcuts that I'm like, I could just the offcuts alone. I'm like, I could probably make a hundred hats with, yeah. you know, and not even like touch anything on that shelf. So, <laughs> yeah. I do the same. I hoard and hoard and keep all this stuff for years and then I never use it. I'm like, all right, this has got to go. And as soon yeah. as I put it out the door, then I need it. Yeah. Every single time. Inevitable. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah. I was um, like that. I was like that with my wood shop. I had literally like shelves of small pieces of wood that I'm like, Oh yeah, I could use this to make like a handle for a tool or I can use, put a bunch of these together and make a cutting board or, you know, and then when I was closing up my shop, I literally just like, I would put stuff on Facebook marketplace and be, and you know, here this pile of wood for free and just have all these people come by and just like take all this stuff away. Yeah. yeah. So one question I like to ask everyone is yeah. um, which person past or present would you like to make a hat for? Ooh. Um, one person past. I actually did make a hat for, but. I, if I got the chance to do it over again, uh, I would have made it sooner. Uh, it was one of my really good friends passed away from cancer a few years ago and he always wore hats. Like that was his silhouette was, was him in a hat. And, uh, I, I'm, I went to visit him in the hospital and I brought like the hat felt with me and he put it he put it on like and i'm talking like just like the big big felt and i'm like how like here he is sitting in a hospital bed you know dying of cancer and and he puts this on and i'm like how do you look this good yeah. <laughs> um and anyways i i got the hat like all shaped up and it was the day before he passed i went to visit him and i mean he wasn't even like couldn't open his eyes and I just like put it on his chest and, and his wife put his hand on it and she's just like, Jackson brought you your hat. And he was just like touching it and said, Oh, it's beautiful. And, uh, so I never got to, like, he never got to wear it. So if I could go back and make a hat for somebody, it would be for him. Like, and, and him like actually be able to wear it. Um, then presently, Oh man, <laughs> there's like so many people I'd love to make a hat for. Um, I mean, the first person that comes to mind who I've been actually like, uh, I've been like working on this. I don't even know if he wears hats is, is Lewis Hamilton, the F1 racer. Like he's just got like such wild style. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, you need to work a hat into that. So I, I've, I've been in conversation with some people on his team so um we'll see we'll see if that comes to fruition but what would you make him or is the top secret um i mean i have I, I don't want to say i mean i have my i have some yeah. ideas in mind of what i would do but yeah i want to that, that's my one keep that one to yeah, myself yeah. <laughs> but it would definitely yeah, awesome. be something like pretty out there just because his yeah. style like he's he's pretty uh He's he's got a, like a pretty wild style, so yeah. yeah. Luke Hamilton is it? I have to check. Lewis Lewis Hamilton. Oh, Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And all right. I'm just I'm just going down my list of questions. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you love most about hat making? Mm. Creative expression. Like just to be able to, you know, it's like almost create something from nothing if that makes sense you know yeah. it was again it it ties back into my woodworking where i could take like this raw piece of wood 
and build this beautiful piece of furniture out of it, you know? So it's similar with hats where, you know, I'm just taking this basically raw piece of felt and, and some pieces of fabric and then just like creating something really cool out of it. Yeah. 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 It sounds like it's, um, well, I, I also feel the same that it's a, it's an opportunity to put all your skills together that you, you know, you've collected from the past and they all kind of work together. You've got these wooden, you know, hand working skills that you've got. And now you make your blocks and then you're yeah. kind of creative. You've got your felts and then you can incorporate the photography as well. Yeah. With it. yeah. It's like a, it's like a perfect little blend. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. You're, you're right. It's uh, it kind of like hits everything, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's even like pouncing, you know, I'm like, oh, I didn't think that I would put my like sand, you know, like sanding wood um, skills to, to use until, you know, I'm like sanding felts. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's actually it's actually not that much different. Like, yeah. you know, just like going stepping through, you know, different grits of sandpaper. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I saw that you got like the nice. Is it DeWalt? Uh, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got yeah. it. DeWalt. I don't like. I don't use that on every felt now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, depending on, I, I mean, again, it depends on the manufacturer of the felt um, of whether or not I'll use it. Or if I do use it, I'd like try to just do like a quick pass. If it's like, you know, Winchester felts are like quite fuzzy. Um, yeah. So, and I find you can be a little more aggressive with, with Winchester, but um, other, other felt manufacturers, I find like, you have to be pretty ginger with them. Like otherwise, you know, it's like, you're going to end up like pulling shellac out of it really quick. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Some felts I just, just do by hand now. Yeah. 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 I've been moving more towards that now too. Just mostly doing everything by hand. Yeah. I saw that. Just a little bit more control and yeah. finesse to it. Have yeah. you, tr have you tried any of the felts from uh, Columbia? From, um, from is it superior? superior? No, I haven't yeah. yet. Yeah. yeah, I've been looking at their straws as well. Yeah, I've done I've done a few of their straws. They're really nice, like the the fino quality. Like mm -hmm. uh, they're really nice. The colors that they offer are really nice too. Um, and then I did a hat, uh, like a dress weight felt uh, of theirs, like a hundred hundred X beaver that's just like butter. Like it's mm -hmm. so like smooth. And that took very little pouncing. Like it was just, yeah, so, so nice. Yeah. How did you find them compared to say Winchester? Um, I mean, the biggest difference was like, it's an ultra lightweight. So mm -hmm. it's like, um, like Borsalino hats like that. I think like 95 gram or something like that. Mm -hmm. I've, 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 I've worked with, uh, a couple of the Thepsa ones, uh, like mm -hmm. that as well. Like I have, I have one personally, uh, a, a 95 gram Fepsa in this like dusty plum color, which is, right. I'm like, I definitely want to get more of those if I can, like, it's such a beautiful color. Um, and it's like, you don't even feel it. Like it's such a light mm -hmm. hat. It doesn't even feel like you're wearing a hat. Um, and again, it's just got that like really just beautiful buttery, like finish to it. Almost Did like they hold a, their yeah, I was going to say like, it's almost like a crushable hat. Like yeah. it holds its shape pretty decently. Um, like it hasn't misshapen on me, 
but mm-hmm. it's definitely not, you know, like you go to a dress weight Winchester um, and they hold their shape quite well. Oh, I yeah. find. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I'd like to check them out. They seem super nice. I've had a few messages. With yeah. Them yeah. They, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. Good people. Yeah. I think Jay's doing a little bit of work with them. Maybe. I'm not sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I know that they've got, uh, they've got their own line of felts that they're working on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or maybe it was Willie. I don't know. I can't remember. But one of them. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so, what are your future plans? What What's uh, up ahead for Mister um, Mister well, Hatmaker, Hatblock Maker? Yeah, I mean, like, plan is uh, to to do like a, a showroom, like a mm-hmm. a new a new space. Um, that would be, you know, number one on my list would be to uh to get a space where i can do everything in one spot um and then you know like i said like having the showroom i feel like just like that next level of of experience for for my clientele um and then you know getting a full set of my own blocks would be nice (laughs) (laughs) so uh so that's definitely in the future uh and then Next year, I'm looking at doing a bit of a traveling trunk show in the States Mm -hmm. and going and just like hitting a few spots like LA, New York. Um, uh, I have a friend in Arizona that, that say, he's like, Oh man, you should come down here. He's like, I think your hats would do really well here. Um, and then, yeah, go from there. I mean, like, I, like I, I said I've got this one uh wholesale account that I just did in Singapore. Uh I'm looking at uh a couple other places as well um to do to do a wholesale account or at least have my hats in a shop in a couple of different yeah. places um other parts of the world. So Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Um, and are you making flanges as well? Or yeah, yeah, I'm making flanges. Yep. Right now, I only have three styles. I have like a f- flat flange. Uh, uh, it's like kind of like a number, I don't know, like a number 17. It was just like a, a flange that I had. Um, yep. And so it's a little more cupped, like similar to the, to the hat that you're wearing. And mm-hmm. then I have one that is, it was designed to be similar to like a Stetson open road, but for a wider brim. So, uh, so you get that, like, it's not like a pencil curled edge, but like similar where you get that just sort of slight cupping. Um, and then I have a few others that I'm designing right now. Um, and then, uh, even like I was talking to John, at this folklore, um, and he's got a couple ideas for, for flanges that, uh, that he wants that I was like, Oh yeah. Like that's similar to like ones that I have in the works, but um, yeah, just trying to, I don't know, do something a little bit different. I like yeah. using flanges uh, and I'm leaning more towards like, a, like I said, that more classic look mm-hmm. as opposed to like, I still like a nice, you know, flat brimmed hat, but um, you know, something different. Yeah. yeah. Just have options. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's the one piece of advice that you could give to maybe someone who's starting out that, um, that maybe you wished you got when you were starting out? 
go work with somebody, like go apprentice with somebody if you can. Yeah. But I, I just think that, um, what somebody with experience can teach you, uh, is going to be so valuable. Um, you know, it's like, it's great to go at things on your own and be self-taught, but I feel like it saves a lot of time, frustration, money, you know, money and like, you know, wrecking, wrecking felts and, and stuff like that is to just like, if you can find somebody to either apprentice with, or if you can find a good teacher, um, mm. like there's, I know there's a guy down, I want to say he's in maybe Arizona, Tom Hurt. I've heard, uh, yeah. I've heard he's really, uh, like he's a really good teacher. Um, so yeah, I, I, that would definitely be my number one piece of advice is like, try, try to get in like learning with somebody if you can. Yeah. yeah. Shorten that learning curve. Yeah. I mean, it's shortened the learning curve, but you know, it was the same thing with me with, with woodworking. Again, I was self-taught with woodworking and, um, and then, you know, it's like you meet, you meet people in the industry that have been in the industry for a long time and they can, they can teach you one little thing that, uh, will make all the difference in the world and, you know, save you time, save you frustrations, save you possibly damaging whatever you're working on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good tip. So, yeah. uh, when you are offering your workshops, <laughs> when am I offering? I've had, <laughs> I've had a few people ask me and I'm like, I feel like, I feel like I would have a lot to teach. Um, and I, I feel like every, every, you know, like I think you'd said it earlier. It's like every hat maker has their own way of, of, doing uh their craft uh mm. i definitely have my own way of doing my craft um i just honestly don't have the time to teach people like i'm i'm too busy between you know working making hats but you know just life in general and i'm just yeah. too busy to to take somebody on because I, I feel like you know, it's like, yeah, I could bring somebody in for like a weekend and teach them like basics, but it's like, if you really want to teach somebody, it's like, they'd have to come work with you for like three months. Yeah. You know, side by side. It's a lot of practice, you know, it's like, I think it's like learning any craft, you know, it, it just comes with, with practice. It's like learning to play the guitar, you know, it's yeah. like, you're not going to learn to play the guitar in a weekend. Like you got to spend the time practicing. Yeah, put that time in. Yeah. Yeah. I need right, to do man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I need to spend spend more time playing the guitar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you play? Uh no. Well, I mean, yes and no, but I mean yeah. <laughs> I need to spend the time. My wife got me a guitar for Christmas a few years ago and mm. and lessons and you know, it's like after the lessons I didn't play it very much and now it's like I'm like it's consistency and and you know repetition yeah. is what has you like be able to play so yeah it's time to get back to it back to it yeah awesome bro yeah well um any final thoughts you'd like to share before we uh wrap this up um no i mean i appreciate you know you having me on here and i appreciate the community that you're building with this like like i said i mean that's for me that 
it's what I hold near and dear is community. And, um, it's great to, to like see other hat makers come in and, and just like talk about their journey and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's good. I like it. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for being a part of it and, and sharing and inspiring others too. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Happy to be so, here. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been awesome, mate. Where can everyone find you if they want to check out your work or see what so, you're doing? So uh, my Instagram, which I just finally took me forever to get changed, um, is at Jackson Howell, and it's J-A-X-O-N. Mm -hmm. um, and then my website is jacksonhowell.com. Um, and then, yeah, if you're ever in Vancouver, you know, look me up. Come say hi. Awesome, mate. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on and sharing your thoughts and time with us. And, yeah, of course. Uh, love to have you back on down the track. Yeah, anytime. Let me know. All right. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode with Jackson Howell. You can check out Jackson's work at jacksonhowell.com and also on his Instagram at jacksonhowell. Shout out to our sponsor, Hatbox Australia. If you need some timber hat blocks, hat tools, or flanges, be sure to check them out at hatblocksaustralia.com.au. They do free shipping worldwide. They've got a lifetime warranty on all their products, and they're happy to help you work out what you need and what's going to suit you best. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Hatmakers Podcast, and also subscribe to the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. On next week's show, we're chatting with Austin Zito from the Zito Hat Co. We had a great chat earlier this week, and it's going to be another banger. Thanks again for listening to this week's show. My name is Jack, and you can check out my work at Creatures of the Wild Unknown. Looking forward to catch you guys again next week. And until then, keep on hatting.